Chair, we can progress. Welcome to the June 22nd, 2023 meeting of the Human Rights Commission. I'm Commission Chair Karen Clopton. I'd like to thank our San Francisco Human Rights Commission staff, Amelia Martinez Bankhead, Hatim Mansori, and Anjanette Coates for providing technical assistance with this evening's meeting. Now I'd like to open tonight's meeting with the Ramatu Shalone acknowledgement. Commissioner Emron. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Good evening to um, everyone here and those viewing online. I'll go ahead and start with the land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Commissioner. Secretary McKnight, do we have any announcements? Thank you, Chair. This evening's meeting is being held at San Francisco City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place in room 416. Members of the public can join us in person or participate remotely. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. People attending in person will be called upon to speak first, followed by those attending remotely. Anyone calling in, please mute your phone until asked to speak. Please use the raise hand icon to indicate you'd be like to participate in public comment. Thank you, Secretary McKnight. Uh, please call the roll. Item one, called order of the roll call of the commissioners. As I call your name, please affirm attendance by saying aye. Chair Karen Clopton. Aye. Vice Chair Ann Champion Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Rodrigo Duran. Aye. Commissioner Hasib Emran. Aye. Commissioner Mark Kelleher. Aye. Commissioner Jason Johnson. Aye. Commissioner Jason Pellegrini. Present. Commissioner Lee Pemental. Commissioner Michael Sweet. Commissioner Irene Yee Riley. Aye. Madam Chair, we have quorum and the meeting can be called to order. I would note that agenda item two has been moved up in advance of item three, general public comment, general comment to accommodate a presenter who has time restrictions. And I'm just verifying that our speaker is present. If not, we can move forward uh, per the original agenda with the approval of the June 8th minutes. And Chair, just give me one moment, please. I do not see our speakers yet, so may I suggest we move to item three on your agenda, that is the yes, approval of the June please. 8th minutes. Yes, please. We're moving to- I'm sorry, item excuse me, general four. public comment. Forgive me, oh. forgive me. I've 
sorry, I, okay. I went to general public. We're moving comment. to Perfect. item three, general to public, public comment. comment. Uh, things that are not on the agenda, but are within the commission's jurisdiction. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? And Chair, I recognize Ace standing by. Sir, the floor is yours. Jive, I want my five. I still want my five. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to speak on an item that's not on the agenda, but it has concerns with the Human Rights Commission, I think, with the uh, San Francisco Housing Development Corporation, San Francisco Housing and in, in community development and OEWD, and it's concerning the Yoshi's building, the addition. Now, I've been trying to get information from this dude, and what I ain't gonna disrespect him, the director of uh, down near the uh, uh, mayor's office of community development, named Eric. He calls me Case, but my name is Ace on the case. I'm disappointed in his leadership. I'm disappointed in my relationship with him. I can't sit down and talk to him. It's been about two or three months. I'm also hearing in City Hall, people are talking about him too. So I want some investigation. What the hell is going on? Why I can't find out about my center in my damn community. I was there from the beginning with Yoshi's, women's Yoshi's. I was there when Jim Jefferson created the Jazz Festival District. I was there when this fool wasn't even around in the government. And I'm talking that because I'm upset with him. I was down to his office that I can't never get in to see him when I see him on the street. Oh, he's like, I can't talk to you. But damn it, he's going to talk to me or I'm going to have, <clears throat> uh, also I'm going to have a listen. The, uh, uh, I'm a little excited. Uh, Listen, the, there's, a, there's a paper out now talking about the people that's on that committee and I can't get information about how did they get it. I want an investigation of what's going on with him in his department, Mayor's Office of Housing and Community. I want, I want y'all to find out what the hell's going on with the community, an ace on the case can't get the information who's the, who's the recipients. I'm really, I'm really tired of going around trying to find this dude. He disrespect me. I'm calling him dude. I don't know how he get in that position where he's at. I'm not playing right now. Listen, one last thing. Three things that we can't accept in our community. It's a new era. And we ain't got no time for errors. Misguided leadership, failed efforts, and undermining my community will not be accepted. I don't care if it's somebody here at City Hall, y'all because I call it silly hall. So I want y'all to look at and find out what's happening. We're going to sit down at the table and find out the committee ain't been put together. The select committee ain't been put together. I'm tired of running around. Are there Here. any other members of the public who wish to speak on items not on the agenda? Sir. I'm here to report on some things that occurred uh, just prior to the final draft submission of the reparations agenda, because some very important things that I don't think anybody knows about the city council, uh, the board of supervisors. I have sent my resume with the names of 24 companies that are economic recovery project foundations 
for every racial and national group in America. They're all strapped up on Facebook, these companies. And so what I was attempting to submit was simply this. If the requests that uh, our city uh, board of supervisor submitted for $50 million to have created reparations commission, that that could have been augmented to include American Economic Recovery Project Foundation International and all the affiliate companies that I have created so that when we go in the door to ask the county board of supervisors in the state of California for this money, that we have good legitimate reasons to entice them to really consider about making these allocations because we're, I'm going to try to get these 25 companies off the ground and hand them over to the community so that these groups, all of these groups who are represented from Asian, Irish, Scotch, that are all the websites for every racial group, every national group in America, that these foundations, these nonprofit companies will be up and running and they'll have enough money to operate and hand in hand with the reparations committee, we could create a staff that could operate these things to the good of the common good of the people of San Francisco and state of California and United States of America. But they didn't include my conversation about this in the final draft of the reparations. And so I'm here to alert you about that because I think I need to make sure that everyone on this commission and the county board of supervisors is aware of what I've been trying to do to give to the community uh, that they don't know about. And I would invite anyone of those racial groups to find my web pages on Facebook, which right now I'm in a dispute about because they've been blocking my African-American oriented ones, but they've been promoting all the others. And so I have a, uh, a beef with Facebook and I'm asking the NAACP to intercede and create a conversation uh, get get me into a conversation with Facebook so we can iron these things out and maybe come out with some kind of agreement that we have enough money. If, you know, if the city of San Francisco is going to nix us on the idea of giving the $50 million to fund the reparations commission, which could be used also to fund all of these companies that I, I sit in my, I have online just waiting to be started. Thank you. Sir. So I would appreciate to get some feedback from the commission and get some help to make sure that uh, the county board supervisor comes to their attention, uh, you know, what the bigger plan could sir, be. I'm sorry, we have to cut that two minutes, please. Okay. But thank you, thank you for your comments today. Chair, are there any other members of the public in attendance who wish to offer public comment? Chair, I see no members of the public in person who wish to offer public comment. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely on items not on the agenda today? Chair, I see no members of the public attending remotely who wish to offer comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Uh, is our guest present? Yes, Chair. Great. Um, then please call item two. Item two, introduction of the city's first drag laureate to R.C. Drollinger. Self-introduction and commission, welcome to the city's first drag laureate to R.C. Drollinger. This is, will be a discussion item. Chair, I'll to you. This evening, we are joined live from backstage by the city of San Francisco's first drag laureate, Darcy Drollinger. 
as she's preparing to perform this evening. I will forego further introductions and welcome her now to say hello. Darcy, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, I am thrilled to be here. This has been uh, an incredibly an incredibly exciting month to um, take on this um, brand new position and help um, carve out what it can be for the future. It's been um, a, a, a wild ride and uh, turned into a much bigger opportunity, I think, than um, any of us were expecting and feel that it's uh, very important to be shining this light on on how amazing San Francisco is for creating a position like this and also embracing um, myself and the entire LGBTQAI plus community, um, not only during Pride, but uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And it is it's thrilling. I know I've got my work cut out for me, and I'm excited to get to work with the different um, agencies in San Francisco and to really elevate and cultivate not only the art of drag, but the um, art of uh, LGBTQ plus performance and um, community in both the San Francisco and the Bay Area. So thank you very much. I, I look forward to um, conversations and um, ways to build some sparkly, fabulous bridges, not only around the city, but around the country. So happy Pride and um, thank you. Thank you, Darcy. We are so pleased to have uh, have you join us this evening. The city's new Drag Laureate position is an honor. Uh, and it came out of our um, advisory committee. Um, we have the privilege of bestowing this title and responsibility upon Darcy, who has a great uh, and notable history in our city. She owns and operates the nightclub Oasis that hosts an internationally acclaimed cabaret theater and is the founder of the Oasis Arts, a nonprofit that works to raise funds for LGBTQI artists in the Bay Area. Notably, during COVID, she created a meal delivery program, Meals on Heels, a kind of dinner and a show delivery service that she used to keep her employees paid during the period of COVID isolation. Wish we'd all known about that. <laughs> She's a professional performer with the history on Broadway with the original performances of The Producers and Hairspray. And she has numerous TV and movie credits along with the city's annual Christmas treat with the Golden Girls Live that runs during the holidays at the Victoria Theater. Now I'm very pleased to open this up to, to public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? attending in person who would like to offer public comment on this item. Chair, I see no members of the public attending in person who wish to offer comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand feature. Chair, I see no members of the public attending remotely who wish to offer public comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. As we all 
know, as I mentioned earlier, the drag laureate position came out of the work of our Human Rights Commission's LGBTQI Advisory Committee. I'd like to ask Commissioner Keller to speak on the program and what it means to the city to have this new position in place. Thank you, Chair. Um, I uh, had the privilege of um, attending the installation of our new drag laureate, Darcy Dollinger. Congratulations again. Um, and, um, you know, in addition to the really impressive and fun um, remarks uh, by the mayor, uh, very important remarks by the mayor and uh, and Ms. Dollinger, um, and the overflow crowd at the LGBT Center, which was, you know, just, I, I don't know, I don't think it had a crowd that large since before the pandemic. So it was just really wonderful to see everyone turning out uh, from across the community. Um, and, um, but it was intriguing to learn uh, that apparently New York and Los Angeles have been working on this as well for some time. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, drag, Madam Drag Laureate, but um, I, I, I learned at the event that they have been working on this for some time and San Francisco uh, made it happen. And we are once again a model uh, for communities across the country, including New York and Los Angeles now. So yes. <laughs> I'm pleased to be able to, to add that to the record. So uh, thank you again. And you know, you'll be an inspiration um, in so many ways uh, for uh, you know San youth in San Francisco and, and all, all of the community, but also well beyond San Francisco. So thank you. The honor is all mine, really. Any of the commissioners would like to speak? Commissioner Johnson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, hello, um, uh, Rose, aka Darcy. It's <laughs> nice to see you. Um, I'm also um, just extreme, extremely happy to see this appointment. Um, you mentioned in your comments earlier about, um, uh, I forget your exact words, but something to the effect of um, this is even bigger than you would have anticipated. And I'm curious to hear how the reception has been both locally here in the Bay Area and throughout the country um, to your appointment. You know, it's been really quite incredible. I um, have been overwhelmed, to say the least, on um, how many people not only are, are supportive and excited by this, but also the conversations that um, have opened up um, from people uh, around the country, especially in regards to some of the le legislature, I mean, a lot of legislature that's going on right now. So it, I, I originally felt like this was going to be somewhat localized to the Bay Area, but, but because of that, this has gone global. I've done interviews on BBC Global, interviews with The Independent in the UK, and it is really um, something that I, I think, you know, it's only only positive things are coming out of this. I, and, you know, we, we hear about this, all this sort of negativity at times from about drag at the moment and about the community. And, um, but I don't see it in real life. You know, when I'm walking down the streets in San Francisco and I'm on the way to a show or doing a photo shoot or an engagement, you know, it's, it's joy from people and really, really supportive. Um, you know, throwing the first um, pitch at the Giants game a couple of weeks ago was an amazing experience. And I think not only amazing experience for me to be able to step onto that mound, but an amazing experience for people watching, listening to the radio all around the country um, to see uh, San Francisco and a, you know, a major league baseball team be this supportive to not to 
the LGBTQ plus community, but specifically to the drag and trans community. I think that it's um it's a really powerful message that uh, that San Francisco is creating with this program, and I hope that I can do it justice. Any other commissioners? I want to um, acknowledge that the art of drag has been around for time immemorial, uh, and we want to make sure that we provide a safe space for uh, drag performers, uh, as well as uh, everyone in our community to enjoy uh, the magnificence uh, that's being generated, especially by uh, Darcy and all of her efforts. I'd like to add that requests for the city's drag laureate to present or be available for public events can be made through the following webpage. Uh, the link will be placed into the chat for this meeting. I want to again thank Darcy um, Drolinger for her time this evening and to congratulate her for being named as our city's first drag laureate. It was a mighty competition. I know. I know. Um, an amazing competition uh, that came down to five finalists that then went to the mayor's office. And so uh, that entire process was very exciting. Um, so I want to wish you uh, that over the next 18 months, great success. And thank you again for, for uh, showing up to the League of Women Voters of California's Drag for Democracy event. Absolutely. We so appreciated that. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule just before Pride to, uh, to join us this evening. Well, the pleasure is all mine. And I, again, and, and I am so grateful. And I, you know, I've been working really hard for this community for some time now, and I'm I am excited to see what I can do now in this role to really help elevate and celebrate um, these folks. So thank you for giving me the opportunity and the honor. Thank you. Mr. Secretary, please call the next item. Thank you, Chair. Item four, adoption of the June 8th, 2023 meeting minutes. Uh, review anticipated adoption of the minutes of the commission's June 8th, 2023 commission meeting. This is a discussion and possible action item. Minutes from the commission meeting were distributed electronically. The meeting video is available on the Human Rights Commission website and transcription will be available upon request to the commission secretary. Now we will open public comment on this item. Is there anyone attending in person who would like to comment on item four. People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Are there any members of the public who wish to offer comment on this item? Chair, I see no persons of the public attending in person who wish to make comment on this item. Are there any members of the public uh, attending remotely who would like to provide testimony? Please use the raised hand function. Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to offer comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Colleagues, do you have any edits, amendments, or comments on the minutes from uh, June 8th? 
seeing none, uh, is there motion a motion? To Sorry? Motion to approve. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And second? It's been uh, moved by Commissioner Sweet and seconded by Commissioner Pimentel. Are there any objections? Seeing none, then by unanimous consent, the minutes of the June 8th commission meeting have been approved. Please call uh, the next item, item five. Item five, update by the Civil Rights Division, San Francisco Human Rights Commission. The Civil Rights Division of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission presents an update on their work and mission in 2023. This is a discussion item and there will be public comment. Welcome, Director Cook, and thank you for taking the time to join us here this evening. The work of the Civil Rights Division is fundamental to the mission of the Human Rights Commission, and they are at the forefront of addressing people's issues around housing, employment, and so much more. We're grateful for your time here this evening, and again, welcome. Microphone works over the course of the... Okay, so um, happy to be going over some updates that we have been working on collectively as a group. Many of these will be sort of like conceptual uh, that we have been collaborating on since uh, I joined the department back in October. Uh, as you all know, the work of the Civil Rights Division has happened since the accession of the Human Rights Commission. And over the past eight months, what we've been doing is really honing in on um, we, we, we're very familiar with the work that we do, like what the work is that we do, but why we do it, the values that inform it, and the goals that we have in terms of the impact we want to create year over year is some of the work that we've been discussing together uh, since October. Uh, I am, I think, joined by every member of the division also, either remotely or in person. Marilyn Flores is one of our uh, long-term investigators. Uh, Matt, Matthew Oligan, or, 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 how do I say it, Matt? Matthew is, oh, uh, yes, Matthew is with us also. Um, Nina, I think I saw as a panelist, and I'm sure, I don't know if you all heard that uh, Jude Diebold recently passed the bar, one of our newest members of the staff that is now in a, you know serving attorney. So we are very, very proud of him. I believe he was on the call as a panelist. Congratulations, welcome to the profession. So the work that we do uh, is very well defined in our administrative codes. Why we do the work is what we have been honing in deeper on. Uh, so, you know, we believe that in order for San Francisco to achieve its true potential as a city, we must eradicate discrimination in all its forms whether intended or systemic, uh, if our residents are going to have full access to public accommodations, housing, and employment, discrimination must be eradicated. Over the course of, I, I'm sure everyone knows Director Davis's uh, leadership at the division, uh, we have been a community first department. Uh, so community being our top value is obviously uh, makes sense. Uh, equity, we're, we're not only talking about equity in terms of the protected classes that we serve, but really honing in on uh, is the work that we offer, does it work for the people that need it? 
uh, integrity. Uh, the, the folks on this team take the work that we do really seriously. They follow the law to a T. They, they, they're experts on it. They've been teaching me, obviously, a lot of a lot over the course of the last eight months. And what we want to achieve is impossible without hope. So that being sort of the final value that informs our work uh, is listed there. So we defined our why, we have our values, and really for the first time uh, in a long time at the division, we have annual goals. So the area of impacts that we focused on are around investigation, education, and legislation. I'll have a couple of examples of some of these goals for uh, you, know, you all to, um, for us to discuss or you have questions about, obviously, uh, Matt and Marilyn are here to answer questions about that also. Uh, the, one of the things we'll go deeper on a bit is the housing testing, which we've, we've done in collaboration with our city attorney, uh, sending out um, you know, various tests to see if people based on their name or their, um, their ethnicity are being discriminated in housing. So uh, we're really excited about that work. We've had a different few iterations of it, and we have a more robust plan in the coming year. Uh, expanding our authority. We've been having these discussions not only internally with our team, but with cities across the country. I just came back with Director Davis from New York. We have a call with LA that have some really interesting things happening around civil rights enforcement that we're learning more about. Also utilizing more of the, um, the laws we already have on the books and creating dashboards. So um, one of our colleagues, Nina, has been really instrumental in really, you know, as an investigator, but also doing this extra thing, we're creating an entire new dashboard for tracking where our work is happening. Uh, so we're looking to, to utilize that to drill down. Uh, around the education piece, uh, we have a public awareness campaign that we have just launched. We'll be doing various other um, items to, uh, you know, increase the visibility of our work to get to more people across the city. And I'll just touch briefly on the equity analysis that we're doing around our current laws. Uh, Matt has been instrumental in looking through all of our existing codes and some of the other um, statutes of limitations, looking at the inconsistencies. Uh, and over the course of the next year, we'll be coming up with some recommendations for this body to review to, to see if we want to move forward on uh, writing some of those uh, issues and making sure that they are um, up to par with today's needs for the communities we serve. So this is just like a brief example of the education public awareness campaign. Uh, we have these did you know items. Most of the people that we speak to uh, don't know that if you have section eight, you're not allowed to be discriminated against uh, for housing. And so, and we also have a did you know around um, the, the fair chance ordinance and a did you know for our work more generally. And I mentioned briefly the, the um, testing plan that we are developing. So over the course of this year, we're really trying to create a baseline, have some, some targets around the amount of tests to uncover if we're seeing any trends around discrimination and then let that inform the type of investigative work we do in the year ahead. Since I've joined the department, uh, what we see, and I'm sure you all are aware that most people that come to us don't come to us, have, it's, it's not a great day when, they, when they've come to our office. Uh, they are on the verge of eviction, they've just lost their job, they feel like they've been retaliated against. And so uh, they end up finding us, 
but we also know as a team and I think as a department that the level that discrimination is happening at a way greater level than the people that come to us in our office. So we know the people that find us, but how do we get to the people that need us? Uh, this is what all these goals are in service of. We, we have people that come to us, they didn't know that they had to say something within a certain amount of time for their claim to be um, legitimate, or they've, just, you know, they've been here like me for, in, in their family for several generations and may not have known that the office has existed. So uh, we have been really trying to dig, dig dig on how do we get to the people that need us? We wanna do right by the people that find us, but how do we get to the people that need us? One of the concepts that I've been talking to the team about and that we wanna to continue to build on is this, uh, this school of thought called design thinking, where we relook at our structures or relook at our systems to, to ask ourselves, is what we're doing working for, for the people that need it the most? Right, we have a nine to five structure. People come to us. We want to figure out how do we test things to get more information in the hands of the people that need it, uh, and we have to do that through a continuous feedback loop. So we not only have to try out different things, but we have to talk to the people that come to us and ask how the experience was, uh, so we can continue to rework and get better at the work that we do, uh, so that we can obviously or get get closer to our why as a division. So with that, I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you, Director Cook. Um, now we will open public comment on this item. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? Public comment is up to two minutes. Any members of the public wish to make comment, please let us know. Chair, I see no members of the public in person who would like to make comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand feature. Chair, I see no members of the public attending remotely who wish to make a comment on this item. Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Commissioner Pimentel. Thank you. Thank you for the presentation and for your work on this initiative. I had a question. What happens after the testing if you do find that someone has been discriminated against from housing? What happens next? Yeah, so I'm going to start to answer the question. And then yes, please. Matt, I was, I'm looking at the screen because Matt is here, so he's probably going to jump in. Oh, but okay. the, um, so the, the housing testing is really focused on housing providers. The people that are testing uh, aren't actual applicants looking to find housing. We're using accounts and we're sending out messages. And so because of the collaboration with the city attorney, uh, we'll be able to do further enforcement at that point. And I'm going to let Matt jump in. Thank you. Um, I just want to say it, it depends a little bit on exactly what we find in the testing. That'll determine uh, the options to move forward. but. The options can include um, that we can collaborate with the city attorney's office and see if they are willing to litigate based on the evidence that we've obtained. Um, that's one option. They may also say that we want to do some additional investigation, and that's something that we're working with them on currently uh, to follow up on some previous testing. And then we might also, uh, depending on the outcomes, uh, decide to file a complaint with the California Civil Rights Department, which has its own process for enforcement and 
so those are some of the options uh, depending on what we find. Commissioner Duran. Thank you very much, Director Cook, for the presentation. Can you elaborate uh, a bit more on the, your efforts to bring public awareness? I hear that, you know, you, uh, the, the, the need to reach out to those uh, communities or individuals that cannot find the resources. Um, and my follow-up with that, that uh, request for uh, expanding on it is also, is this also in several languages? Yes, yes, we have the, we, we obviously have everything we're printing, we have our, our languages that are mandated that we translate into, and then we have additionals based on um, some of the trends that we see. So for the information that we currently have, they'll be translated in at least five languages. And to get back into your question about the approach, which I think was like, you know, over the course of the year, how do we strategically get in front of more people? There's, there's three things that we're looking to do, uh, you know, people, this is actually the first time we've had flyers. So <laughs> I'm personally dropping those off at places across the city. Uh, we are putting together a newsletter that will go over not only some of the stuff that we do, but narratives, could people really connect to stories around um, how this works and what it looks like. It helps to create, create awareness. Uh, there is a, a posting um, requirement that we have as the HRC that we are redoing and updating uh, every housing provider and employer that's a city contractor or housing provider is supposed to have an HRD, HRC posting. Uh, we currently don't have a strategy to mail all those out. So we are building that currently. And, you know, Matt and others will be helping update that information for, for all that to go out. Uh, we've been talking to the Labor Standards Enforcement on how to do that. And Maryland, who's been leading our education efforts, uh, has a, we, we've built a strategy around, you know, strategically how we want to get out to more events where we are more likely to get in front of the people that need us talk about this information through postcards and through conversation. So we have a, um, a mailing strategy and a person strategy. Vice Chair uh, Shaw. My question was already addressed by um, Commissioner Duran, so thank you so much. Okay, great. Commissioner Pellegrini. Thank you, Director Cook. I think it's great to get the information out to the people that need it because I've referred several people to the division that have had issues and they've had a difficult time navigating the system. So I think the more we can get it in front of the providers to be posting, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'd also love next time in the next update, you do, if you could come with the numbers of like where we're seeing an increase or the percentage of changes that you know, we've the cases that you've heard this year, that would be helpful as well, because I know year over year, the numbers have been going up. So I'd just like to continue to see some of that so we can help support and advocate for more staffing as you're doing community outreach like this. I would only imagine that the numbers will, the caseloads will go up. Yeah, for, yes, agreed. The Everything that we have created goals for, we have a way to track. And so we wanted to lay out this as a conceptual thing with the idea that next year we would have been able to say this is what happened alongside all these major buckets that you've seen. That's great. I think it's important that we develop metrics um, in order to, in fact, measure the success of the goals and the tasks that you set for uh, set for the division. Um, 
data is extremely important. We'd also like to hear some of these success stories that uh, you're using in, in the uh, materials. I think that would be a great thing to share with the public through the commission. It's a great idea. Okay, so thank you again, uh, Director Cook. Um, it's always good. Oh, Commissioner Duran. I press it again. Thank you. Um, just kind of follow up question in terms of uh, or remark in terms of uh, bringing awareness to a larger uh, population. Um, I, I, you know, has there ever been any kind of cross pollination between this commission and the Immigrant Rights Commission? Because um, one thing is translating it. The other thing is, does it make sense culturally? Uh, does, does it do I relate with it if I'm someone from the Middle East or Latin America? Um, I'm just wondering because they may have uh, they may have some expertise in terms of the approach to let's say immigrant communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they they would definitely have expertise related to that, and um, and it actually relates. So I'm answer the question directly. The the current efforts in creating our baseline year. This is we see this as a baseline year. Obviously, we've had the numbers that we report to the controller every year on the cases that come in. Uh, and what we're looking to build in the coming year is based on these values and these goals, the new goal, the the the, the new impact that we want to share with the city, which will include uh, a way to rethink collaboration. So obviously we're not, maybe not obviously, but our commission has always been, our division has always participated when asked to be a part of other collaborators. You might've heard us speak about the BIPOC uh, against eviction collaborative. Uh, so the way that we create partnerships across the city is something that we want to continue to explore um, in the coming year, and I appreciate that suggestion. Um, and it's also related to, I hope this is like not a really long-winded answer, I apologize. We just came back from New York uh, that has a much bigger enforcement arm than our city does. And what they do is they have a whole team of people committed across all, all five boroughs to talk just about the rights that you have and sending them to the office, which is our equivalent. So we don't have that big team, but we're using those ideas to figure out how can we even do it internally with our department, right? DKI has so much community reach. So there's a lot of areas of collaboration on, you know, how we get the word out to more people in a, in a way that's informed and, and community first. The, our commission has also uh, had collaborations with the Immigrant Rights uh, and Civic Engagement uh, Commission um, we've even brought in their executive director to meet with us and help us facilitate our retreats. Um, so we do a lot of cross collaboration and uh, making sure that we do provide in language uh, information and opportunities and cultural outreach. So we're, we're as a commission are committed and we've been engaged over the last, certainly during my tenure, over the last five years in this kind of uh, collaboration with other departments, uh, unlike New York City, which is 10 times larger than San Francisco and our population. Um, we need to collaborate uh, in or and uh, share resources in order to get the, the kind of uh, outreach that's, that's needed. Uh, Commissioner Johnson, you had a follow-up question. Yes, and just building on what you said already, um, 
director Cook, that um, I think, you know, as you continue to evolve, I, I'm glad, glad to see that we're off to a great start with the Flyers and and thank you for that work and um, more of a long-term idea, if it's not already on the table, is thinking about other modal modalities for those who may have vision impairments or limitations as well. So if there's maybe audio options for communicating, um, that's another option as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I did have one one last follow-up and that's on the fair chance ordinance and how that implementation is working. Yes, so the, you mean with our office or the changes we wanna make the fair chance? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna pass it to Matt if he wants to chime in. Or Marilyn, do you? Let's see Matt first. Jude is also on the line. Yeah, I would also um, welcome Jude's input who's been working on several of the fair chance ordinance complaints and also um, the legislative proposal. And I, I think, uh, you know, as Director Cook mentioned, uh, one of the things that we're working on is updating the, the required posters that the housing providers are supposed to display so that um, we make sure people who um, may not know about us are able to find us. And that's one of the important tools that uh, has not been um, updated in a while. And uh, so that's what I'm, I'm working on right now. Jude, is there anything you wanted to add? Sure, um, I can give just a kind of a brief overview. Um, I'm in the really early stages of um, researching some language amendments to it so that it is more inclusive, inclusive of um, the types of crimes that don't cannot be looked at when someone is applying for affordable housing, including and employment, including things such as reproductive health care and drag, things that we have seen um, being outlawed in other states. And I'm working with our legal intern, Emma Adams, right now on researching and drafting that language and reaching out to relevant organizations to get input. Commissioners, Marilyn Flores. I'm also an investigator with the group. And my approach with the Fair Chance Ordinance is um, going and looking at the new laws, for example, about automatic expungement for certain offenses. Last year, it was any cannabis offenses that were automatically expunged. And then starting next month, there's going to be a whole new slew of automatic expungements. So I've been in contact with both the courts as well as the public defenders uh, clean slate program to sort of see how that's going. And so that we can sort of have a basis of knowing what we can start to tell our constituents that come to us about how they can figure out if their records are being expunged automatically and if not, how they can get that achieved. And that will also assist us in making sure that more of San Franciscans do not have to face this in the future. I think that working with the public defender's office is a great idea as well, because they have expungement clinics and maybe take 60 seconds to bring all the commissioners up to date about what the fair chance ordinance is. I just realized, you know, there might be those who don't know. Um, so the fair chance ordinance, um, it became an ordinance in San Francisco before I started, 
but it for housing, which is what the Human Rights Commission enforces, it's basically a, a set of procedures that all housing providers must follow um, when looking at applicants for public housing in San Francisco. And they must not look at criminal history until a person's income eligibility is already um, decided. So once a person is eligible in San Francisco for public housing, then they, the housing provider may do a very limited search of that person's criminal history, but there are certain guidelines and certain um, things that they can look at and cannot look at. And then their decisions have to be based on whether the criminal history of the person might affect their tenancy in public housing in San Francisco. And the way that the Civil Rights Division assists the constituents with going through this process is if they get a rejection, we can then assist them by contacting the housing providers and helping make sure that they're following the appeal process and looking at mitigating circumstances and recommendations from probation officers or diversion places. And at least most of the cases that I have had, we've been able to have people get this housing even if they haven't been accepted the first time around. Thank you. You're welcome. Commissioner Riley. Thank you for your presentation. I, uh, you mentioned that you, ha you have a multi-language flyer. So we please send a copy to Secretary McKnight so we can all see it and thank you for sharing. Absolutely, I will. Thank you again, Director uh, Cook, for your, for your time this evening and for your leadership. It's always great to, to see you and to welcome another Junior State of America alum. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the work of the Civil Rights Division is the fundamental, the core. Um, and I'll be talking about our anniversary, the commission's anniversary um, uh, in our next item in item six, but I do wanna say how important uh, the civil rights division is and the work is. Um, I'm very pleased to hear about what's happening with the team. Um, and I'm, of course, all of us are grateful for all of the, the commitment that we're seeing and the innovation that's, that's happening with limited resources. Um, I encourage the use of, of interns. Um, I'd also like to again congratulate Jude uh, on passing the bar and, uh, and, and welcome Jude again to, uh, to the profession and for bringing um, your professional uh, education and qualifications to the department. And with that, Mr. Secretary, please call the next item. Thank you, Chair. Item six, commissioners' activities in the community. Commissioners report out on events in the community they have attended or wish to notify the commission of in advance. 
there will be, this is a discussion item, there will be public comment. Commissioners, would you like to share any activities you've participated in since we last met or amplify any upcoming activities? Commissioner Pimentel. Thank you. I had the pleasure of attending the Juneteenth event in the Embarcadero. There was just so much delightful food and people, and it was great to see the small businesses having an opportunity to really get that exposure and that opportunity. Um, it was my second time attending, and it's just a great event for everyone to come together and really celebrate and honor Juneteenth. Vice Chair Shaw. I also had the wonderful opportunity to attend the first Juneteenth Parade, I believe it was on Juneteenth, June 10th, and um, it was such a joy to see all of the community out, uh, to see the wonderful floats, and just so much love and joy and peace and unity in the air, and so looking forward to uh, next year's uh, Juneteenth um, activities as well. Thank you. Commissioner Pellegrini. I attended the second annual Juneteenth kickoff at City Hall on Friday, which was fantastic. Lots of wonderful dancers and speakers. Unfortunately, I had to leave right before the food was served, but it looked scrumptious <laughs> as I was walking out to another meeting. So I decided to skip the food, but there were several other commissioners there as well. So I don't want to misspeak who was there, but it was a fantastic event. Commissioner Johnson. Seems like there was no shortage of Juneteenth celebrations. And thank you, uh, Secretary John, for getting out the word about all the events. I had a chance to attend last Friday's uh, Juneteenth Gala uh, that was co-hosted by the San Francisco Black Wall Street. And it was a packed and amazing and a fun event. Um, I got there a little late because I had to work and um, there were no more seats available for me to sit down. So I had a chance to stand in the back and listen to the program and have some good food and meet some, meet some great people. So again, great events. And Commissioner Duran. Yeah, I had uh, the joy and privilege of joining uh, the the Juneteenth celebration at City Hall uh, with my family. Uh, it was the first time that uh, my entire family and my my child uh, joined a celebration in public, and it was it was wonderful to see everyone really rejoice with the sounds of music, and and the history that that is associated with music, and that's uh, near and dear to my heart. So I had a great time. Congratulations. Commissioner Riley. Since you all reported on the Juneteenth and the, um, so I'm going to report on one of the meeting I attended, which is the first consolidated meeting of the Stand Together SF and the Campaign for Solidarity uh, on the 13th. And we plan to have the next meeting in person. So um, it's going to be July the 11th. So um, Secretary McKnight will send out the information when it's ready. And uh, hope you can all attend. Well, um, I would like to report on all the Juneteenth activities <laughs> that uh, went really well. It was uh, pretty amazing. The uh, the kickoff on Friday, June 16th, the evolution of uh, Black music in America. That, that was really a stunning um, 
program and well attended by several of the commissioners, um, as well as, of course, the community. And uh, so the mayor's kickoff was fantastic. And then the next day in the Fillmore uh, on uh, Saturday was great and exciting. And then there, there were activities in, in the evenings and then on Sunday uh, in other parts of the city. And uh, so mo Monday, the, uh, which was Juneteenth, um, was also an exciting time. So it started with the parade on the 10th and uh, there were lots of wonderful activities throughout the city and in uh, several neighborhoods. So um, that was exciting and it was wonderful to participate in uh, all, that, all that programming. And this weekend coming up, we have uh, all of the pride events. So uh, June is, is jam packed with, with wonderful things going on and activities. You can find all those activities on our website um, and our secretary will be sending out invitations uh, to everybody about uh, the various uh, pride events that are coming up as well as our two meetings. I want to alert everyone that we have a special uh, in July and in August, we only have one meeting each month. Uh, so that's what happens in the summers and our July 8th, I think, 13th, tell me the date because <laughs> it's not in front of me. Um, July 13th, it is in front of me, sorry. July 13th, on Thursday, July 13th, we're going to be uh, commemorating 59 years of the commission. So at that meeting, uh, we're going to be hearing from uh, past commissioners. We're going to be acknowledging past commissioners and, uh, and also uh, if the current commissioners could be prepared to talk about um, for two minutes, uh, <laughs> literally. Uh, so two minutes, kind of what you see as uh, the future of the commission, that would be lovely. Um, and so it's a special meeting in that way. It's, uh, it is our regularly scheduled meeting, but that's what we will be doing on uh, July 13th, as well as having uh, uh, other regular, regularly scheduled agenda items. But our focus is going to be on observing the 59th anniversary of the founding of the commission. And then our August 10th meeting is going to be uh, held in person at, uh, in community. And we will be announcing uh, where that's going to be shortly. Uh, we will be having our main focus will be on the reparations report, which will have um, been issued in July. And so our August 10th meeting will be dedicated to that. We have special guests coming to that. Uh, including the uh, chair and vice chair of the reparations committee, um, Eric McDonnell, and um, it's on his calendar. We've scheduled him. So he's going to come and, and present uh, to the commission. And we also have 
an acclaimed academic, uh, Professor Jean Felser, who, uh, whose book, California, A Slave State, uh, is uh, being issued at the end of this month. It's, uh, I was very honored to receive a, an advance copy of it. Um, and she's been presenting with um, tribal leaders throughout the state um, to talk about reparations in, in every possible way. And so um, she's agreed to uh, come to our August uh, 10th meeting as well to talk about all of the deep research that she's done on uh, reparations, rebellions, and, uh, and how California was in fact a slave state, uh, despite uh, uh, the lack of, in a way, an official designation. It is one of the things you hear a lot from people who are opposed to reparations for Black people. Um, especially in California, they, they say, oh, well, there wasn't any slavery in California, but in fact, uh, slavery did exist in California, uh, both prior to it becoming a state and, and continuing on um, for hundreds of years. So that's um, an exciting, uh, upsetting, but exciting prospect to have uh, a commission hearing in the community on reparations focused on the report and what what how do we um, make it right <laughs> how do we make it right at this point what kind of um, support do we need and what kind of education throughout the city and county of San Francisco do we need and should we participate in? Uh, so we'll be talking about all of those, all of those issues then. And with that, is there any public comment on uh, the on the item six? Members of the public attending in person who wish to offer public comment, you have two minutes. Um, a call up to the front. Ace, Ace on the case, you have okay, two minutes. Okay, so I'm going to try to divide this in two minutes. Once I would like to say that the Juneteenth this year was the best I have ever seen in all the just Juneteenth is here at City Hall, uh, down at the waterfront, uh, over in Bayview, and of course where it originated from the Fillmore, the way that was going on, and here at City Hall. And I was one of the recipients from the honorees of the uh, Gala, gala. So I'm very tickled black on that. So that's happened. But what I wanted to get back to was the issue of the addition. And last time I, I was speaking a little fast, but I was going to say if you guys can't handle it, finding out about the uh, director, I'll go to the ethics commission and also I go sunshine. So, but I want y'all to do what you can to find out what's happening with the addition, even if you've got to have him come to find out what's happening. So I did all that in uh, two minutes. So, but yes, I want to say that it was a wonderful Juneteenth, historical, and I'm really happy. I'm tickled black. It was a good thing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Are there any members of the public wishing to offer a comment in person? 
Chair, I see no members of the public wishing to offer comment in person. Are there any who uh, wish to testify remotely? Any members of the public who wish to offer comment remotely, please use the raise hand icon. Chair, I see no members of the public attending remotely who wish to offer public comment. Seeing none, public comment uh, is closed for this evening. Is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Is there a second? Second. I want to thank the members of the public and commissioners for participating in the June 22nd, 2023 convening of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. Again, our next meeting is scheduled for Thursday, July 13th at 5 p.m. Please note the commission uh, meets only once in July and once in August. Um, please, please arrange your schedules accordingly. Thank you. Um, and if there is no objection, by acclamation, this meeting is adjourned.